0: Lot Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Teach Me to Talk with Laura and Kate. I'm Laura Mize, Pediatric Speech-Language Pathologist.
1: Phew, I wasn't sure you were there or not. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kate Hensler, developmental intervention. I thought, oh, I don't think I can do the promo if I'm not the operator person, and I'm not, so, hi, Laura, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Good. I've
0: got to quit laughing, going to pull myself together
1: now. We Here made we it, her phone, her phone was stuck on speaker, and she was saying, my phone is And I thought, oh, no. But you made it, so good job. We made it. It all worked out as it always does. Well, how has Uh, your Monday been? Oh, good Monday. It's so pretty here. It's a beautiful fall day. And I worked this morning, but now I'm done and home, and it's gorgeous. So it's been a nice day.
0: It has been a nice day. And I've had a really fun day. This morning we started shooting video for... Our brand new DVD, uh, Building Verbal Imitation Skills in Toddlers, that's supposed to be the companion DVD for the book that I did this year. And it was was so much fun. I had a new, fun little set of twins. We've already kind of talked about this a little bit already, but I'm going to talk about it a little now. Um, (laughs) But had a fun set of twins in this morning, and I met them a few weeks ago at our son's wedding, and the mom had talked to me, anyway, blah, blah, blah. So we'll get them in, and we're so excited about shooting the new footage for the new DVD because I think they're going to be perfect. I think, gosh, they're probably at level one and level two. And I'm just going to get to walk them through this whole process, and it's going to be great. And darn, if one of the twins didn't really talk today, oh, she was good. She was on. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be the... Uh, the easy version, and then we'll have her sister who did very well too. So it, it was just a lot of fun, and it just shows you the joys of working with toddlers. Things don't really um, always go as we plan, but I love it when it happens in a more positive and more uh, in, a, in a faster way than we intended. Because I had no idea that little girl would really talk today, so that was really cool and really fun and a great surprise and you met those little girls too so that's fun that you know who i'm talking about i
1: did meet them they're cute little twins and it was funny because it was we were standing outside watching them and kind of playing with them of course both you and i were doing a little informal assessment thinking hmm wonder how old they are wonder how premature they were you know they're cute little things but you can tell they're kind of preemie kids you know yeah they were cute there's music and they were dancing they were loving that dancing They were, and they were imitating that and
0: imitating clapping, and then we did some marching and some kicking, and they started doing that after a while, and they started talking to their mom, as I always do, and you were talking to her, too, so it's so fun that I'm getting to work with them now. I'm really, really excited about it, and it'll it'll be fun to talk about it on the show as we film the whole thing and uh, video the whole thing and work through that process, but it's really funny when... You think, oh, it's
2: going to be a few weeks. This will be great. We can show
0: little steady progress. And she said nine words today, so that was
1: <laughs> well. Fun. Maybe she had a really good day, and she's not always that on. Maybe you know how sometimes kids will do that. You see them the first time, and but maybe not. Anyway, you'll have the comparison of you know one who's getting it easily, and one where you're having to work at a little bit, probably. Yeah. So and that's That'll very real
0: life for the jobs that we. Do, so.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That was a lot of fun today. Secondly, I need to mention the conferences. Oh, boy, we have really had super responses with that. In Columbus, Ohio, it's this week, this Thursday and Friday. I thought that day one was sold out, but we've spoken to the hotel, and they've added a few more seats. Their capacity... We thought it was one number, and it's actually fifteen seats above that. So we do have some slots left for Columbus, Ohio, if anyone wants okay. to join me and they haven't registered. So a few more spots left for that. So that'll be fun, and um, I get to see our friend Melanie that we've talked about on the show before. So that'll be a lot of fun. And but Chicago is so sold out. It is oh boy. I hope we can all fit in there and breathe. So it's, it's <laughs> going to be great. It's going to be a great day. I'm just kidding about that. There are plenty of seats for the people that are registered. But
1: nobody else. Nobody, <laughs> nobody else. else can register, huh? Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. And that's
0: October 25th and 26th. And, again, not sure why I'm giving out dates, but we know we're going to go back in the spring. So if anyone wants to come to that, uh, watch the website for time. those dates. Yeah. And we, t- we talked about it. I felt like... It would sell out because we had such good response from people who don't necessarily live in Chicago who we were just coming into that very central location uh, for the event. I have a lot of people coming into uh, Columbus that don't necessarily live in Ohio either. So that's always fun for me to see that and to get to meet people who've probably emailed me or bought products. And I recognize their names. That does still mm-hmm. freak people out. But it'll be a lot of fun. And hopefully, we'll firm up a we're there. Um...
1: One of her splinter <laughs> skills, y'all. She she has that she does names. <laughs> I do names. Uh yeah, and so
0: hopefully we'll get those dates announced pretty quickly. We want to wait until the snow is gone from Chicago, but I'm thinking April. But we'll firm that up. Firm those dates up. And get that uh get that announced so that we can Uh, The people who wanted to come and who aren't getting to come, I've had several emails and several phone calls about that, and Johnny's saying, don't talk to people about that because you'll want to figure out a way and there's no way to let them come, Uh, so anyway, it's awful. All right, today we are going to um, have a caller, when she uh, calls us in just a few minutes, who is, whose little boy is at exactly the level that we ended the show with last week. And, uh, I've had the privilege of meeting this awesome family, and so that'll be really fun to talk about. And we are going to answer her questions for where her little guy is now. And he, um, is to the point where we talked about last week. He's got a lot of birds now, and she'll fill us in when she calls with, with his details of his current status. But we talked about last week how kids get a lot of words and they start learning some concepts, but then they're just at that next little level, and that's where a lot of times therapists sort of hit a brick wall with not knowing quite what to work on next, especially when we've had kids that have had processing issues, too. And again, we've jump-started their vocabulary. They might have, you know, between 50 and 100 words or even more, and they're doing, um Phrases pretty routinely, but you start looking at other areas and going, what should I work on now? What should we tackle now? And one of the first things that moms nearly always ask me about are when will my child learn to ask and answer questions? And so I think that's one of the things that we're going to talk to um, this mom about when she calls today. But if not, if we don't, if that's not one of her things, that's certainly something that we're going to talk about next week on the show because it's huge. And it's really the reason that we did this whole series on expanding expressive vocabulary because so many times, um, you know, you get the words going and then that's the next big red flag that a parent um, will start to notice. They'll say, gosh, she's talking now, but she's not really able to answer my questions. And sometimes that's because they don't have the vocabulary yet and you have to make sure that you're teaching those words and you know we've spent the past how many Because this series lasted is this part five, Kate, or part six? I'm not sure. I don't
1: know. I, don't know. I don't I would you. say six, but I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> not sure. Yeah. That's
1: my best answer.
0: <laughs> so we've spent this time talking about how to build vocabulary with those really specific kinds of words, and then a child has to be using a pretty big variety from all of those categories and understanding what those words mean, more importantly, before they're able to answer a question containing those words. And that will happen a lot where a parent will think, well, now she's talking, she should be able to have this real back and forth with me in a conversation. And sometimes that doesn't happen for a while, even after a child really starts um, to talk because they're just um, not quite there yet. And I think our caller's here now.
2: Bree, are you here? I'm here. Yay. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little bit under the weather, so, oh. so I can bear with this voice of mine. <laughs> oh, and that that's happens- the worse than being a speech therapist with a bad
1: voice. <laughs> And doesn't it always – they go hand in hand because you can't shut up. So then you yes. stress your voice and then you have it for three or four days. Yeah. We we all feel your pain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, well, and, yeah, and Laura, I, I didn't know where you wanted to
2: start. <laughs> well, why don't you just kind of give us a
0: little background on – week, Jackson, and how he's doing and where he was. You've called into the show before, so that was, when were you calling in, say May or so, so that was several um, months ago.
2: Right. hmm Yes. Uh, that was when I had called in um, at my wit's end, <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, let's see, at that time, Jackson was, well, let's see, it seems like such a long, long history. <laughs> Having lots of trouble across the board with everything, including um, he was very sensory. He was having trouble going up and down stairs, having trouble doing puzzles. He was, despite me on him all the time, just struggling, struggling, struggling with language. Um, I think at that juncture, he was probably about, he was just starting to imitate some. I believe uh-huh. at that time. And um we have been to what, I lost count, four or five um therapists. Um, friends of mine and not friends of mine. And um <clears throat> so that one of the and when therapists you say you, had,
0: you you hang on one second. When you say that you sure. had been to them, you had tri- you had gotten him assessed and wanted him to get services. Yes. At, but nobody
2: really qualified him for therapy, right? Right, everybody said 15 months it was no red flags, let's wait and see. 23 months he scored right around 100, right around the norm, on the very bottom side of the norm for um, where he needed to be. Then um, took him back to that same therapist, and she said that she still felt like he, you know, just give it some more time, more or less. Um, Mm -hmm. Took him to another therapist that was private practice, and she to him for just a brief period of time, but I just felt as though she was missing the boat a little bit as far as what he really needed because it was, um, you know, she, she would take an animal and knock on the door and say, knock, knock, and then, you know, want Jackson to just get the animal, tell say the animal's name or get him to say, come in, cow, or something like that. And so, you know, for a very... For the average expressive solely language problem, I'm sure that would have been fine. But I told right. her then that I felt like he was having receptive auditory processing, and she did not agree with me. She's like, no, I just think he's stubborn, and I think one day it's just going to quit."
1: If uh-huh. I had a
2: dime three <sighs> times, and said, I think it's just going to might, I might have two solid dollars because I hear it all the time. Uh-huh. Um, so then um, he was going to occupational therapy and had um another speech therapist assess him and say that she just um we could start on with speech therapy to help jump start him as though I have not been jump starting him every single day for the last, you know, six months. <laughs> um she would show him flash card as he jumped up and down on a trampoline.
1: Uh, so that's why I
2: think I emailed you at two o'clock in the morning, please be my baby <laughs>
1: Please.
2: And I believe, I truly believe that it was just meant to be Because I think that was right when you had you had just opened up your clinic So, and the I didn't dia. know that I just was desperate and thinking If anything happens to him like in your house or in the car Can you assess him in my car? <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's when we came to see
1: you And um mm-hmm.
2: A couple of days, Wait. Let me tell
1: people who don't know that you've re- you've uh, made reference to the fact that you're a speech therapist, but you do adults, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did, were... I
2: did um, early intervention for very brief three months um, until I found out I was absolutely horrific. So you no, know, we not um, <laughs> <we came laughs> your cousin <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. But yes, I am a speech therapist myself And um, I think one of the things that was the hardest for me Was because I knew in my mind This is not right, this is not right, this is not right But I've never been around children before And I wow. think that was one thing that hurt me the most Was because I had all of my fellow, <laughs> you know, um, clinicians saying I don't really see anything and But I just kept there were just so many things. There were so many things that were just, were not adding up. And, I, you know, when we around other children, it was night and day between how Jackson would, or his lack of communication and, you know, you all talk about going to um, preschools and daycares and the little ones are coming up to you and saying, oh, look at my shoes. And that was absolutely the way it was. And, and Jackson was still, juice, juice, you know, or maybe yeah. in that time it was just Ju, juice, juice, <laughs> you yeah. know, about uh-huh. the end on it, but... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, so that was really the hardest thing for me, and and two, the hard thing for me was that every time I went to an expert to help me say, yes, there's something going on, everybody else said, no, there's not. So my family, who was already saying, you know, you're just being real anal about this, and blah, 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 you just want him to do too much, you're expecting too much, it was really hard on top of that. You know, I know there is something going on. So I had all, everybody kind of a little bit against me, saying, "No, there's not." So mm-hmm. until yeah. I went to see Doctor Laura, as my mom always refers to <laughs> well, <laughs> I do not have a PhD, that's pretty <laughs> yes, to, so that's was funny. Yes, it always makes And I've told her several times. I say, "Mom, she she has the same training that I do. Not, I mean, obviously, infinitely more experience and knowledge, but the same training." And um, but she always refers to you as Dr. Laura, so that does make me laugh. That's
1: funny. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, yeah, so really you were the first person to say, yeah, you know what, There, there is something going on. So, right. But that was a relief to you because you already knew that in your heart. excuse me. You're, You're
0: yes, fine. I you, really already really knew that. you already knew that, and it just was a relief for for that to be identified. And this is the other thing is I think a lot of times when we have our own children and we and we have our knowledge about our profession and what we do, and it, it almost, when we take our child to someone else, they almost um, raise the bar a little bit as far as, one, what we should know and should be doing, or maybe give us credit for things that we're, you know, it's just not completely objective. They think that our own experience, their own experiences match our own experiences, and somebody really didn't take the time to sit down and help you tease apart exactly what your concerns were for Jackson, or other people would have identified that before me.
2: Do you right. know what I mean? And the hard thing is, too, is that, you know, Jackson was a hard kid. And right. And he right. had a lot of things going on, and, you know, when you see this, healthy little robust pumpkin, you know, just. Right. I mean, he, he does, he he was saying two-word phrases at two, but they were phrases, it was mostly bye-bye, whatever, and that was it, you know, so. Yeah.
1: And, and it was it, stuff that you
0: had worked on for a long time, but he didn't necessarily yeah. process tons of things beyond the immediate, the routine, what you what was overly familiar, and beyond that, he right. had a really hard time.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you and think that's is, accurate? Yeah. This yes, is at the I'll beginning of the say, summer too. Yeah. Right. I always say this. This child is not picking up what I'm putting down, because I right. knew how much. How much I was working with him. Right. All the time, and you know, if you're working that much, even though I wasn't, I wasn't working. Quite the way that it should have
1: been worked. Well, let's not say quite really at all. Until <laughs> I came up on you in December, um, you know, it was. I was You're still too hard really, on yourself, really, Bree. <laughs> it sounds like you were trying really, really hard with him. And if there I was wasn't something, really <laughs> yeah, if there wasn't something not quite right, which was your point. You don't get how hard I'm working on this, and and it's right. not connecting. Um, right. So, you know, and that and should it have fun. been a red
0: flag. That should have been a red mm-hmm. flag to the people that you were seeing. And that's what exactly. I mean about sometimes when you go in and you have professional credentials, they still sometimes people don't quite tease out and ask you the same kinds of questions that they should be asking, or else they would have known and they would have helped you right. figure that out.
2: Yeah. Right. And yeah. I even told some of them. I said, "I just watch him." Play. Watch him in a functional situation outside of what I'm telling you he can do. You know, I mean, he had right. about 30 words when he was 23 months. But those were words that I had to stand up on top of the house to get him to say. You know, it wasn't right. something that he was, he was just popping those words out. Right. Those were words that took blood, sweat, and tears to get out of them, you know. Right. So And he wasn't necessarily communicating when he was using those words either. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, some of the, you know, now, I can't remember now which all words he had, but, you know, they were, they were words that we have literally, like he, ho-ho, it was Christmas time. They just started talking about ho-ho, you know. I mean, that was one of his words was ho-ho. And it was so hard with Jackson because everything that he did was out of the norm, Right, he had a lot of splinter skills, yeah. Yes, the way he looked at me, I mean, everything that I read that he should enjoy, even something silly as children love mirrors. He never loved mirrors. I mean, I could just go on and on and on about all the things um, that he was having trouble with, even outside of just language, and that's what I kept trying to tell people. And, you know, if I wouldn't have listened to your 4,000 podcasts, (laughs) And learned about, like, the sensory
1: processing. (laughs) Bless your heart. You really did want to find the answer, didn't you? Woo! Yes. I spent so much time, hours and hours and hours,
2: hours, truly, because nothing that he did made any sense. And even Mm -hmm. his, when he would say a word, it would come out 27 different ways. And I was thinking, this feels like apraxia, but he doesn't have, the I mean he could blow out the candles on his birthday cake when he was two. He right. was not very far ahead receptively, which is the norm for children that you right. think about, you know, that have a practice right. that they're able to do all these other things. I'm like it's like he does, but then he doesn't and so anyway, that was the really hard thing because there wasn't anything glaring to say, Yep, yeah, this is what is this is it. This is what's going on with him. He yeah. is a practice. He does have autism. He does have this, you know, and so the more that I I read, and that's when the auditory processing and receptive language and sensory issues, all of those things were working against him and a motor planning component that was working against him too, and so that's where Dr. Laura helped me so much was to really look at the Well, and um, (laughs) a lot of times
1: that, I mean, not a lot of times, but kids that present like Jackson, they even in different circles do kind of get overlooked because they do have some strengths and, you know, um, in your case in particular. But even other kids, it's it, you kind of have to really look into it to see, is he really getting it? And you knew in your heart of hearts, no, not the way he should be.
2: Right. And even, I mean, even incredibly young, and I think the hard thing is, too, is that receptive language auditory processing gets overlooked at this age. People are yeah. like, or well, are they autistic or are they not? Oh, he's not autistic. Well, no red flags. Well, yes, there are red flags. are red flags for receptive language and auditory processing and mm-hmm. language, obviously. But, you know, here where I live, that's not something that really stood out. No one says, well, yes, we need to address this. Everybody's just looking right. to say, well, are they autistic or are they not? And if they're not, then, well, let's move on. Where do right. they have? A Drastic deficit, you know, was he too? And he had right. said a word, well, no, <laughs> you know, right? So, right, that was what was really, really hard. And we had started OT, um, I guess about a four to six weeks before we had came out to see you, maybe two months, I can't remember, but um, I just OT was wondered. a big component for him. OT, yeah,
0: yes, because he does have a lot of sensory things, and again, not. So much that he Jackson just had a lot of issues in mild issues in several different areas, but o t if you looked at him from a sensory component, that's kind of what pulled everything together for him and what made more sense for him
2: mm-hmm. to
0: and where to start and you got somebody to qualify him for o t and you couldn't get anybody to see him for speech, so that was the right. perfect
2: place to start for him therapy wise yeah mhm, and um So the reason that I wanted to call into the show was several different things, but the first thing that I want to say is that Jackson brought me a book last night and said, "Read it, Mama." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, huge! You know, Um, and when we were there, uh, Laura, you told me you said he's going to look a completely different child at three. And no one's going to give you any credit. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh, that's so true. Because, you know, now that he started coming along a little bit more, everybody's
1: like, see, see, we told you, we told you. Yeah. Just wait and see. And I'm so glad that we're not able to see it. But it would have been interesting because you did devote so much effort to trying to bring him along when he was younger. Think if you hadn't.
2: That's one of the main things that that really scares me So much. And I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir to anyone who's listening to this podcast, but I just want to urge any therapist, you know, you do what you have to. If a parent is telling you and telling you and telling you, I know it's a lot of paperwork. I know. Qualify them and watch it. Watch them for a month. You know, put that extra effort in and don't dismiss it because. I cannot imagine. I mean, it terrifies me to think about where Jackson would be right now, if we. I mean, he's no. He's still. He's not caught up. He's getting closer to where he should have been. I believe right around twenty four months. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and he's almost three. And he'll how be three many months now? Um, he'll be three in December. December the tenth. Oh, okay. So. Okay. You know, I mean, he's not. Um, it's it's just, it's not a miracle. We're not having conversations. But we are in a completely different place than we were in June. And he um, was probably a little bit too much information, but all um, over the weekend we were staying in his room and he took his little underwear down and said, pee-pee. And popped in the bathroom, pee-peed, <laughs> took the potty out, dumped it in the toilet, closed the lid, and flushed it. And then put his potty chair back. So <laughs> and that's Whoa, huge that's, for Jackson because he, first
0: of all, yeah. initiated that. And secondly, mm-hmm. sequenced all of those actions because that was he was not able to do that when I saw you guys in June. He was not yeah. sequencing anything in play, and we talked about that a lot, and that's something that you had not really thought about before, is how important that whole play piece was, right? Yes, and
2: that was and the sequencing. other point that I wanted to make because <clears> – <throat> It's amazing how when you read something, it doesn't, I don't know, like to all the therapists who are listening, I don't think you can tell your parents enough. I don't think you can tell them enough times what needs to be done. And I beat myself up over the play thing, so I went back and listened to those podcasts about play. I don't know if I was having a bad day or if I listened to a portion of it. And but when I went back and listened to it the second time, I was like, "Hello, this is every question that I ever had was on this podcast." Because I mean, Texas pediatrician said, "Does he know that cars roll?" That you, he said, "I know how you speech therapists always say play is so important, but does he know that cars roll on the ground and you hug your teddy bear?" Yes. Does he know anything else? No. <laughs> you know that's all he ever asked. He never said. Well, and and so I really was beating myself up about that. I was like, did I totally miss over this? Just completely miss this in grad school. But I got to thinking, no one who evaluated him, none of my friends who didn't evaluate him, But I just had a conversation with them about. They never said, "Well, what does his play look like?" Right. Never. Uh-huh. <laughs> that right. was never a question. Yeah. Yeah. And even when someone <laughs> says, "What does play look like?" It may not even be. I mean, just. Being able to break it down so much to the fact that Laura, you said when he was there, the next step for him is to be able to add toys, add something else to something, to add a driver to a tractor, or you know, put animals in a wagon. And right. we got a tractor off of Amazon that was perfect, but it had six little animals in the wagon, and it had a had a, um, a driver. And so we would take animals out of the wagon, and they fit perfectly in there, so they could only go on one spot. And we worked on that and worked on that. And the day that I listened to those those podcasts, I remember just feeling so melancholy because I was thinking, I've worked on this and worked on this and worked on this, and I still, that's where the cognition and the play, everything just came together so much, just kind of overwhelmingly came together for me that day. And... (laughs) Like two days later, he comes hauling around the corner with all of his animals in the wagon and the, the farmer where he <laughs> should be, and I was like, ah,
1: "He's still two different objects! Hallelujah!"
2: You know. So it was it was amazing to see it. It's amazing because it happens so fast in normally right. typically developing children, and when it's happening so slowly, right? You can see that there has to be such a progression. It is not just language. And I always think about, you know, how you guys are speaking of how sometimes physical therapists or whomever may say, well, when is he going to start, you know, let's get him a, a tech talk or whatever. Let's get him an AAC device. Let's, and it's like, hello, there are eons of things before that has got to come.
0: Right. And you just
2: don't realize yeah. it until you see it happen in slow, slow motion. Right, and that's and when
0: Jackson, when y'all came to see me, he, he was playing, so I, but his play was really, really very basic. And so I can totally see how anybody would miss that if they didn't really know what they were looking for and what they were looking at. And even though you're a speech pathologist, a you don't work with kids every day, and your experience is with adults, and so that's a totally different ball game and unless you were working with and playing with and around a lot of typically developing children it would have been really easy to miss that he had some huge deficits with play. Because he would lay on the floor and roll the tractor and he did know how to put the ball in the hole for a him hammer toy. But it was just at that very basic cause mm-hmm. and effect kind of place. And I remember talking to you and saying you know, we got to bump it up a little bit. This is the next stuff that should happen. I want you to go back and listen to that podcast with all the little ideas and all the little things. And so I'm so glad you were able to take that information and work hard on that because that's probably what put all of Jackson's progress in play. It's when that clicked in his little mind and everything else started falling into place for him. But you did such a good job with taking that information and not dismissing it because a lot of parents, Say, I can't believe that speech therapist is wasting my time on talking about how to teach them how to play and this other stuff. I want to talk, and that's all I care about. But without working on those foundational things, you don't really
2: get to that next level level with language.
0: And
1: so you did right. such a
2: good job. Well, Go and ahead. you said on that podcast that you're not going to see really novel two- and three-word phrases start busting out until they get to that next level of play. And, I mean, it was almost parallel. It was amazing. It was amazing, you know? Um, Well, you know what really breaks my heart a little bit is because I know how many children are sitting with speech therapists that are showing them flashcards, and they couldn't be any further off the mark than what needed to be worked on. And that's why so many people think that it doesn't work is because... I mean, every child is obviously not like Jackson, obviously. Right. And I know that he was a little bit harder than the average child because there was nothing that just really right. stood out. But right. But I'm sure that there are a lot of children like Jackson that their therapists are, are missing the boat on what needs to be worked on. Right. And
0: Kate, were you going to jump in and say something a second ago about that?
1: Well, yes. I was going to say that um, I think as a profession, even I don't – Emphasize enough the importance of play. I think I appreciate it, and I certainly embrace it. But I, you know, I don't know what I don't hear speech therapists doing it. Maybe there are some DIs who do it. I'm a developmental interventionist, um, but I. So I think it's very commonly overlooked as being, you know, certainly integral to improve uh, communication, and, you know, across the board, and we don't really. I don't hear people talking about it that much. It's like, oh, yeah, play, you know.
2: (laughs) Right, but they don't break it down.
1: Uh And that's Uh the thing, too,
2: that I just want to say is that, you know, for clinicians that are listening, break it down for your parents. Have your parents show you um, what we say is return demonstrate. Return (laughs) demonstrate (laughs) what you teach them so that way you can see that they're doing it correctly. Let them listen to this podcast and hear me as a professional speech therapist saying, you know, it is imperative. It is not just and people do not understand. People just think that speaking happens in a vacuum and it could not be any further from the truth. It doesn't. Right. And all of these things have come before. And Well exactly. and so many well
1: intentioned parents and even well intentioned therapists jump right to flashcards, iPad, you know, some mm-hmm. book. Some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, and that's skipping a whole lot of steps in there.
2: It really is. And, I mean, Jackson was a child that I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure, Laura, when we came to see you in June, he still was pretty um, nonchalant and adamant about, like, you're not going to sit down and read me a book. And, and he hated here we are at that point. Yeah, he yeah, hated it. Yeah, here we books. are in October. Yeah. That he's bringing me a book, and he asked me to read it not once, but twice. And it's a long book, not not yeah, stuff. It's a really long book. <laughs> okay. Now, why you do know.
0: you think? Now, what's happened between now? What happened between June and now? What can you What can you say happened to make that 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 he's developmentally ready for that? What What all do you think came together
2: for him to make that happen, Bree? Um. Let's see. Try to do this in a sequential order. I definitely think coming to you and helping me to know exactly what to work on.
0: Exactly. Play, play, play,
2: play, 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 play. play. Yeah. Yes. You know, we did we do following directions about Uh things that people probably will not even know to follow a direction about. I mean, we work on that all throughout the day and You know, everybody's giving me a really hard time all along about, you know, you spend too much time with Jackson doing therapy. You spend too much time with him doing therapy. But I really feel like it takes that much time and that much energy to get them. I mean, if you're having auditory processing and you're having receptive language issues, you've got to hear it and hear it. You've You've got to see it and see it and see it and hear it and, you know, we When we came back home with Jackson, it kind of helped me set aside my fears so that way I could just focus and just do it because sometimes I felt so stressed out with his play and just so stressed out in general that I couldn't even really focus on, I think I was working on way too many different things, you know, because yeah. I
1: yeah. didn't
2: know exactly what needed to be worked on. And right. so I worked on Everything. <laughs> and right. Also, and so we exactly, got a pretty tight treatment plan. Yeah, and we got yes. a pretty tight treatment plan when you came
0: with, these are your mm-hmm. receptive language goals. This is what you want to see in play. And we talked about expressive language is going to come naturally after you get these things going first. Right. And, and, and that's what that, really happened with him. Yeah, Yes,
2: and it helped that his... His daddy got on board and, you know, the other thing is when you're speaking with children, even now, even though my husband hears me imitate or he can hear me all the time and I tell him a lot, you need to keep your words simple with Jackson and keep out that. If you're going to throw that one more time, I'm going to, I'm like, (laughs) no throw. It just needs to be no throw, you know. And so that's why I say, again, with parents, you have got to really help them, and not just tell them, because they can hear it, but they may not be processing it themselves. I right. mean, you really have to say, now you show me what you think would be what I just taught you. And right. so I just think that's really important.
1: <laughs> I think and what did you huge. call that again, Bree? I like that term. I'm going to try and use Return, that. Return,
2: Demonstrate.
1: Return, demonstrate. I want to start firing that at parents. Return, demonstrate. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> i still
1: like to tell him, show him, help them model a little bit. And that goes for
0: parents, too, because you have to really talk to parents about what you want them to be doing. You have to Which model those therapy all the strategies. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have parents, you have to show them how to do it, and then you have to see that they help can do it. So you really coaching. They can do it better. Yeah. yeah yeah you're really coaching through that whole process. That's hard for a lot of therapists to do and you know what It's really hard for therapists to do when the mom is a therapist because they do feel like they're stepping on her toes a little bit or not being as respectful of that position and I have treated a lot of therapist kids and a lot of doctors' kids and a lot of professional parents' kids, and that that is something that they all end up saying with I wish somebody had explained it like that because I didn't get it until you said it and showed me and then told me how to do it again you know that it kind of glazed over until Uh I really understood what I was supposed to do yeah I think that's pretty common
2: and um, you know so I think that really squaring in on these are the goals that we're going to work on and those are what we worked on, and, you know, I finally got my mom on board um, because he spends a lot of time with her, and it's just really imperative that no matter what, you have got to get everybody on board helping, doing what needs to be done, but but if everybody works together, that's when you're going to see the biggest amount of progress, and... No, issue with your mom,
0: Bree, she she did she just thought you were working too hard, and you she just wanted you to leave him alone a little bit and just let nature take its course and not worry so much about him, right? Yes, That's, I mean you know, everybody, yeah. see,
2: you know, everybody has that story of well, so when so and so was three, so and so turned three, they had not yeah. spoken a word, and then they started talking in full blown sentences, and
1: you know, so yeah. that was something that we chuckled a because lot we've heard it many times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's
2: how I was sitting in Jackson's therapy clinic the other day, and I just wanted to call Laura and put it on speakerphone because the mom beside me said, well, the pediatrician said that it, um, it was just because his um, sister talked for him all the time.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, there's something
2: else but I just, and I don't know. You know, you just hear these things so so many times, and I just want to tap him on the shoulder and be like, well, actually. You know? <laughs> <But> I didn't. <laughs> um, and then I at least you child. could say you're
1: a speech therapist, you would be able to say it with some authority, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, maybe so, but um, so yeah, we're um, you know, I mean, we're still sticking it out and still dealing with it every single day, but the progress that he's made, and <clears throat> you know he's really starting to say, I did it, I see you." There you go, up here, you know, just all of those little and they're coming, and he's actually finally learning words that I've not taught him, which is amazing because I really mm-hmm. thought yeah. of every word that there was. Um,
0: <laughs> but see, and and that's you know a big the- marker for a comprehension problem, and a lot of moms don't get that either until you start hearing lots of words that you haven't really had to work on and work on and work on and work on, that's a big red flag that there's still some underlying processing and comprehension issues. And a lot of therapists don't point that out clearly enough. Sometimes it's because the therapist doesn't know it. But a lot of times it's because the therapist hasn't pointed out. And they're still so focused on treating the issue just from an expressive standpoint, meaning can he say it, without really addressing those underlying principles. And for Jackson, it was receptive language, play, and his sensory stuff. And when you started really focusing on those as your main goals, it sounds like the the expressive stuff followed, as it should.
2: Yes, and you would be amazed how much less sensory he is. I mean, it's come down off his toes he doesn't do this strange headbutting thing that he did for the longest time yeah you know he's not constantly jumping up and down on top of me Uh i mean he still has his little a little component of it obviously sure but it has calmed down so much and i think that you know that was really important that we addressed that. Yeah, now, yeah, I he, think that now a he grabs the book point. and
1: brings it to you and wants him to read it. That's pretty good. That's huge. Yeah, I mean it.
2: Mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it really it is. It's huge. And um he what else is I going to tell you? We got a bathtub from the dollar store that actually sprays water. It has a little baby in a bathtub. And so oh, you might have cute. to. Cute. Wait, wait a minute. That I
1: sounds do. kind of cute. <laughs> yes,
2: I know. I was I was really excited about it because Jackson is a doer. Like, if you give him something to do, I mean, he really likes to take charge and, you know, be right. kind of grown up and do things. So True. we gave um, his baby a bath, and we brushed the teeth and brushed, uh, brushed her hair and cut her fingernails and gave all of mm-hmm. his animals a bath, and he went and put them on the bed and told them not, not. And then That's, I thought huge we were him,
0: That's huge for him, Bree. That's huge because when he was here in June, he really did not want me doing any. He, he was hard to play with. I mean, he was pretty oh, self-directed yeah. in play. He wanted to be mm-hmm. in complete control. He tolerated us kind of narrating, which again is what a lot of speech pathologists just sit and do. But you really, to play with Jackson was a struggle when we were Mm -hmm. trying to do that and to keep his attention because he kind of went into fight or flight. He did not want to really do it with you, but that's because of those underlying issues, his sensory stuff. Plus, he didn't understand always what was going on, so we had to really break it down for him and use that simple language like we talked about or like you talked about and um, play at the just right level for him. No way could he have handled all of those actions that you're talking about back in the the beginning of the summer. I mean, that would have been Mm -hmm. way too much for him. So developmentally, he has come leaps and bounds since then. Yes, and then he went and got
2: them all out of the bed and brought them back to the bathtub so we could
1: start all (laughs) over. There
2: you oh. go. Ooh, that yeah, bathtub so.
1: sounds like a winner. Which, which dollar yes. store was that?
2: <laughs> dollar General, I believe. We have them on every corner down here. We have so. a lot here, too. Yes, a little purple bathtub. Okay. So, yeah, it was it you was know. a good one. Um, but I, I really feel like the, the cognitive piece with him was, you know, he had a really hard time even stacking blocks. I mean, I would have to hand him a block and say build and hand him a block and say build. And I know stacking blocks is really boring, and we didn't do that a lot with therapy, but when he went and had his OT evaluation, that was one of his goals was to be able to stack blocks. Right. And, you know, he would take a block, and he would – most of the time he just scattered them everywhere. But then we got to where I could hand him a block, and I'd almost have to hand over hand, build, build. And we sat down – <laughs> I'm so sorry excuse me we sat yeah. down the other day and i just brought those blocks out just to see he doop 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 14 blocks straight up oh that's awesome I mean, yeah i mean i know that was something he should have been doing so long ago but it just went right up and you realize how that's what he should have been doing and but he just so now like right he go ahead i'm sorry well, I was just going to say, and you know, even, like, doing the shape sorters, all of that stuff you can see. And my mom, when I told my mom about it, she said, well, he just wasn't interested in it. I said, "I said, no, Mom, Kate says that he just didn't get it. <laughs> he just didn't get it. It's not that he wasn't interested in it. He just didn't get it. And you can see that he's getting it now. There's so many things that he just is getting, you know. And right, right. So, and I did have just a couple of questions for you. I don't even know how far we are in. I told you I'd probably take up the whole hour, but um, we're good. Probably, we
1: fire good. away.
2: Okay. First thing, I just wonder what both of your opinions are about this.
1: Well, about two
2: weeks ago, gee, we have some cheese balls up in the very top of the cabinet, and um, we
1: oh we them like down, cheese I, balls.
2: They're good. Oh yeah. <laughs> It needs that. And so, of course, we went through our whole reason, oh, you want cheese balls? Tell him I want cheese balls. We've probably not done a whole lot with cheese balls. we said that word maybe eight or ten times. Two weeks later, he walked in the kitchen, pointed to the top of the cabinet, and said, cheese balls? Isn't that, is that just normal? Like the words will just come like two or three weeks later that you talked about like two weeks ago?
1: Sure. That's,
2: yeah, that's really normal. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even say that word. What? And even I mean he's never even been able to say cheese balls very well, you know, and I was just like, He just said he's cheese better, balls. Brie. And I didn't even He's,
1: yeah.
2: he's better. Like That's I said, we like normal cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well you're you're in a different state of mind for so long that I just think, Okay.
1: Huh No, <laughs> no seriously, really I mean Laura answer honestly, it is. That's yes. That's That's very typical.
0: That's very typical. And that's what you want to see. And that lets you know that this is not going to always feel like an uphill battle. I mean, he is really going to retain a lot of stuff, and you're not going to have to work on something every day, 24-7, for him to get it. He's just going to get it. And you've seen it now with an example that's very motivating, like Mm -hmm. cheese balls. Yeah, he's going to remember how to say that and what that meant. But other (laughs) things are going to come together like that, too. It is. And that's just a really great you know, the therapist term for that is prognostic indicator. You know, that tells you <laughs> all this is coming together and all of this is gonna get a lot easier for you and for Jackson and for everybody, you know, that you're who loves him and who's working with him because you know it's kicking in. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. really typical for a parent to report. So that's awesome. That's great.
2: Well, good. And, you know, the strange thing, he started using his more sign out of the blue. Like, you know, I taught him to sign for more, but he quit using it several months ago because he had the word more. And then all of a sudden it just came back again, and I was like, that's odd. It just, like he was.
1: Did it come back with the cheese balls? Because I found kids will (laughs) dig that out when they're really motivated for something yummy.
2: (laughs) No, but it did come back out when he wanted something. I mean, if it was something he really wanted, he would like default to, you know, that's more where comments. I've seen, I've, more seen comments. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I've seen that happen. Yeah, I've seen that happen a lot. This is this is the other thing that I think, Bree. Before, when he used that sign, it was probably mostly when it was cued by you, and now it's really spontaneous. You know, now he's yeah, really absolutely. initiating. Yeah, and so right. that's just again that several developmental. Runs up the ladder. He's just, you know, pulling out every strategy he can think of to mm-hmm. initiate when he when he has something that he really really wants. And the beauty of that is it's not cute. You didn't say,
2: yeah. "Show me your signs for more." You know,
0: he did really remember is that. Yeah, and he it is, it. and
2: he learned it. He, yeah, yeah, and he says duck now. About six weeks ago, he said duck. The most beautiful duck <laughs> you've ever heard <laughs> for the last time. I was like, I'm never. Ate. He had duck or all kinds of different pronunciations, believe it or not, of the word duck. And I was just thinking, mm, we're never ever going to get this word. And he just said duck, and it was just and
0: because uh, now he's developmentally ready. He has all those underlying maturation processes. You know, receptively he's come together. Play he's coming together. His sensory stuff is resolving. And now even his articulation is going to sound better because he's in a different place developmentally than where he was.
2: Mhm. It was it was a good day though. It's amazing how sometimes the word up just really put you in a different <laughs> <stand-by> <laughs> for the day. <laughs> but that was one of the first words that we really worked really really hard on. And for the longest time, he wouldn't even. I mean, he wouldn't even say duck. He would just say. He said quack quiet, quiet before he said duck. And again, right. Strange little child. But um. The the one goal that we're having a little bit of trouble with is handing me <clears throat> two two objects. He actually follows uh-huh. two step commands better than he will hand me two objects. He kind of does it in a very, like he'll take the edge of it and kind of pick it up and then kind of push it around. And I just, last night, Shannon and I sat down and I sat behind him and we just did hand over hand. And I just didn't know if when you work on having them hand you two two items at once, if that was just something you did in isolation or if you try to make it more part of the play. I, I only do
0: it really as part of play. So if we're doing it with a puzzle, you know, you, you I'm having them give me those two things as we're cleaning it up. Or if we're playing, like you said, with his tractors and stuff, you mm-hmm. could have him just give you two animals and you're going to make him go in the barn. Or, you know, you could tell him, you know, get those two animals and then after he gets them, have him do something with them. Let me ask you this. When he's following, to in, well, let me insert this. Usually we do that, give me those two items as a prerequisite for following two-step commands. So if he's already following two-step commands, I don't know that you're going to really still want to work on this, Um, give me those two items unless it's in the context of something that you're already doing. You know, like at bath time, you can say, um, you know, as you're cleaning things up, give mama the soap and your bath cloth or washer rag or whatever Mm -hmm. you call it. Or give mom the, you know, if you're cleaning up, give me the duck and your choo-choo. You know, I would only do it as a part of something else and make sure that he really knows what activity is going to come next. So that he is super motivated to want to do that and want to participate like that. But my other point is that's usually just as a prerequisite to help you get to that two-step command goal. So if he's following a lot of two-step commands, are they pretty well-rehearsed things, Bree, that you do every day? Yes, they are.
2: Yes, I mean, those he does well. But ones that we do, like... When he's finished up with his bathtub, I'll say, put the cup over here and put the turtle in the cup. Um, and Can he do that? He does those about 50% of the time. So yeah. he really hasn't quite mastered that very well. You know, I mean, we're still working. On, we're really, that that's really the place that we're still really working yeah. with him, following those two-step um, commands. So I was kind of working on both of them at the same time. And, of course, you know, it's hard, too, because you're dealing with a toddler. Um, Right. And I imagine, I'm not sure, but I imagine not all toddlers follow two-step commands every time you tell them. (laughs) You know, that (laughs) would be correct. That would be correct. But here's the
0: deal. You have to make it matter to Jackson. And if you're just sitting doing it just as a therapy activity when there's no real payoff for him and no real play, he's not going to be motivated to do it. And hardly any toddler would want to do that. I mean, that really is kind of boring. So you need to make it a part of whatever you're doing, and it has to be pretty purposeful and pretty functional as a part of the activity, or he's just going to be like, you know, whatever, Mom. And I can totally see him wanting to check out or move on or do something that's more fun. The other thing is when you are giving him those two-step commands, Bri, you need to be really, really careful that you still only have um, fewer and fewer keywords in there. Because if you're saying get the cup and put it over here and then put the turtle in the cup, that really is more than a two-step command when we're thinking about toddlers. Because that still has, you know, you you really want to keep those two-step commands at really just two actions. Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying with Mm -hmm. that? So that would still be the example that you gave is still a little bit complicated for where he is. Now, again, I think he'll get there, but I still think for a little guy that struggled receptively, that's a whole lot of processing for him to have to do. So I would keep it really, um, if he'll do the commands like get the turtle and put it in the cup, that's a good enough two-step command for him right now. Will he do those?
2: Yes, he does. He does those pretty well.
0: Okay, so you want to then just bump it up just a little bit harder. It might be get the tur- you know, get the turtle, put it in the cup, and then give it to mommy. You know, just one teeny little thing beyond what you were asking him to do. And just okay. keep making it really, really simple. And for the other thing is staying a step ahead of Jackson so that it makes sense for him to do it in the context of what you're playing or what you're doing. Otherwise, it, it, he's... Be, not going to be motivated enough to keep on trying it with you because it's hard. He's And I want
2: to not do it. Yes. Well, that's why his daddy said last night. He said he's bored stiff with this. <laughs> well, I'm serious. He yeah. um, he's the fun the side. Most, I'm the boring side.
0: So. <laughs> well, you know, but you're just thinking like a therapist and like an adult therapist, like you would if you were working on those two-step commands with your adult. Um, neuro patients, that's exactly the kind of command that you would have given. But, you know, right. you still got to bring it way down for two year old Jackson <laughs> mm-hmm. and make it fun and part of your play. So I wouldn't do it just him, y'all sitting there and you doing hand over hand to make him do it. I would, I would really embed it in all of your, all of your kinds of play routines and even in your okay. daily routines. You know, even when he's, when you're cleaning up. Um, dishes. You could say, you know, take your plate and uh, go put it in the sink, or you know, give your plate to Daddy and then give your cup to Mommy. You know, those kinds of things, and okay. and put it in those that kind of context. And that's gonna, you know, that's gonna make more sense,
2: and he's gonna be more compliant with that. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing. What I was going to say for parents that are like me that just can't live in the here and now and always wanting to try to stay one step ahead, I was looking on Meredith Dunn's website and I saw that they have like a consultative service where you can bring the, bring your child up there and they will give you a plan to take back to your school, which made me feel so much better because I'm always concerned, obviously, about where Jackson's going to be academically and uh, we just don't have a lot of those resources here, so just for anybody listening, FYI that may not know that, they do have a consultative service there.
0: That's good. Okay. but I want you to calm down a little bit, Marie, because he's two was <laughs> talking about school age, okay?
2: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I'll try. I'll
2: try. <laughs> I'm going to reach through the fire and give you a big hug and say, it's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> Thank
2: you. Well, and, you know, I think it's hard, too, because I, I guess I feel guilty for not, pushing even harder, you know, when he was younger. Right. And so I guess yeah. I was just always wanting to stay one step ahead because it takes so long to get into everywhere and to get everything done, you know, that I know. you just kind of want to stay one step ahead. And that, so that led me to my other question. He goes to a very good preschool, and they are all the time talking about <clears throat> ABCs and one 2 threes and all those things. Where I know that you say to hold off on all of that. Where do you feel like they are ready developmentally to really when start his, when that? his
0: language when his language is closer to an age appropriate level. Okay. And so if you still feel like he's at the twenty four to twenty seven mm-hmm. months level language wise, you're gonna want that gap to be, you know, when he's thirty three months now you're going to want that gap to be a little closer. So I tell parents when we get within about six months or when that's really, really, really necessary for him to know that stuff is a part of his daily life, it is not necessary for Jackson at this point to be identifying letters or things like that because it's just he's, he's just not developmentally there yet. You're going to want his language age to get a little bit closer. And I'm sure you're talking about colors and you're talking about shapes and those kinds of things just in the context of your daily routines. You know, Jackson, you are going to wear your blue shorts or your brown shorts? Or, you know, are you, mm-hmm. which socks are we going to wear today, your red ones or, you know, your purple ones? And so you're doing that probably enough right now in the context of your daily life. But, you know, I talk to parents all the time about really holding off on that academic kind of stuff until they're a little uh, closer developmentally to where they need to be. Because he still has some language goals that he needs to meet before those are really, really important for him.
2: Right, absolutely. Well, and, you know, I just I just look at him and all the things that he's doing, I can just, I just think, you know, if he was doing all this when he was 24 months, I wouldn't have him, I wouldn't have felt as a just overwhelming urge to get him somewhere. You know, so I do feel like yeah. that's kind of where he is. Um is right around the 24-month the level um, of where, you know, he's presenting developmentally right now. But that right. makes me feel better. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, we need to start getting some tactile ABCs and start working on
1: that. Please porn. don't do
0: that, Bray. Please. Please don't I'm do
1: that I'm not That's why I had to ask, I, I <laughs> ask you first. You just <laughs> had to hear her say no, even though you knew she was going to. You're right. Yes, you I, just, no. I just had to hear
0: it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's only because Let him get some more language stuff under his belt. I promise there's plenty of time for all that other stuff. He really doesn't need to know a G from an R today to get through his daily life. He doesn't. When he's five, he will. When he's four, you'll want to think about it. But right now, he still has so many other things that you're going to want to master and that you need to devote your super special teaching power to and save all that other stuff for when, you know, when he's really developmentally ready, you're not going to probably have to struggle to teach it to him. And right now it would still be too much of a struggle because he's not developmentally
2: there yet. Mm-hmm. Every letter sense? isn't, oh, absolutely. And, and that's, I knew that it wasn't quite time, but I just wanted yeah. to, and for others who are listening in, know what your yeah. criteria was for that. Um, everything is an A and every color is red. <laughs> and you know what?
0: Because for developmentally where he is, that's exactly what developmentally we would expect him to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of overgeneralize. And so that's all right for where he is right now. And don't make that a big deal yet because you're just gonna be fighting um you're gonna be fighting a losing battle on that. He still has a well, lot think- of language ground to cover.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. The important thing is that if you switch focus and begin to focus on those things that really are not relevant to him, except as he sits in his little preschool class and they go over them. But in real life, that doesn't really change his day, doesn't really, you know, solve any issues for him. And if you begin to focus on those things, then you're not focusing on the things that really are relevant and important for him. So, Mm
2: you
1: know... Waiting until it's going to be easier for him not only makes it easier for him, but really it keeps your focus on what he really needs now,
2: right. which is not well,
1: ABCs and one two threes.
0: You know, and even super great schools like Meredith Dunn would tell you that right now. They would tell you at two, his prerequisites are not going to be learning a B C's and colors and shapes and numbers. It's learning language. It's learning to communicate. It's learn it's, it's learning all that cognitive stuff. You know, it's right. following multiple step directions. That's what really is gonna get him ready to do all that academic stuff later. And it's just right now if he learned a lot of letters, Brie, those would be splinter skills because he still doesn't have the language foundation to support all of that. And right. make that meaningful. And it really would not it would not matter in the course of his day, if he identifies letters right now, if he can't really carry on a conversation with you. And so you've got to, yeah, all that conversational stuff, that's still got to come in. You know, all of that asking and answering questions and identifying by size and understanding negation, all of those things we're going to talk about in the next few weeks on the podcast. That's where your focus needs to be with Jackson right now.
2: Okay, yes, I was so excited the other day whenever um, you were talking about my and your, your dog, boy and girl, and I came home and I was keeping my fingers crossed, I was like, please, no, I'm going to ask you which one's a boy and which one's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he know? He did, and I was like, huh. Hallelujah, yes, yes, hallelujah. He knows which one is a boy and a girl. And he actually <laughs> knew my and your. And I said, show me my eyes, show me your eyes. And he did all that. And just to be sure, I went and got both of our shoes. And I said, hand me my shoes. And then I said, hand me your shoes. <laughs> and I was like, like, Ollie, I think you know this. And I didn't teach this to you, too. That's something else I can put under that headache. See, exactly.
0: And so right. see, those it's things becoming more learning? automatic. Yeah, that's because it's happening naturally and you're working on, when you work on the right stuff, those things start to just come in on their own. And so that should tell you right there, you're on the right track.
2: But don't derail and start working on all that other stuff. I I promise, I just wanted to know, to put my mind at ease (laughs) where I
1: need to be when Oh, no foam letters yet. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm to yeah, take okay. out of the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, keep you that tracker to... out and all those other fun things and keep playing. Okay, I yeah, will definitely play, do play, that.
2: Play, 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 yes, he, um, he's still, I mean, very uh, independent, we'll say that, um, but definitely so much easier. It's almost unreal, really, when I think about when I called you all back in the summer. I literally could not play with this child, and that's what right. I was struggling so hard with. Was I cannot get him to play with me. I can't do any therapy with him because he won't allow me to do anything. He would just have a meltdown every time I did. Right. Everything I tried, it didn't work. But um, what made it easier, Brie? What made it easier? It's when you fo- started
0: focusing on where he really, what he really needed to learn and understand, and it, for him, it was, just, was with receptive language. And really backing all of that way down. And then he was easier to play with, wasn't he?
2: Yes, he was. And, you know, just um spending a lot of time and energy we would um we get the gummy lifesavers and we would <laughs> we would make four little bites out of gummy lifesavers, you know. If you put this pig in, you will get this lifesaver. So <laughs> you know, we just spent but it was it was a lot of time and energy and I mean it's right. you know, was it easy? I mean, it's something that really has to, it takes a lot of patience and a lot right. of energy. And um, yeah. the other day he had a, he has a Thomas train that has the magnet on the end of it. And then he has the little box, the little cargo box that goes in the wagon. And he took uh-huh. the cargo box and twisted it on the end of his wagon and went like an airplane. And I was like, oh, can <gasps> oh, <laughs> you, you do it with something else? <laughs> But see, that's so great, and
0: now now you're really recognizing where he is, and I'm so happy yeah. that you switched your focus with this is so cool and this is so important that he's, that he's doing this, and it's not just all about what he's saying. You know, you're looking right. at all those prerequisite things and those underlying foundations that he had to get to. Right.
2: So I think that's about it. I mean, in a nutshell, I just have a lot to say, and I just, again, can't. Thank you, thank you, thank you enough, and um, it's just really Aww. important, people, to truly, truly, truly meet those little ones where where they are, and to educate the families about how important it is to make that part of every single day, you know, um, because I'm, it, it's proof. It just when you see it happen right in front of you, it's just it's just amazing. It really is. Oh well, thank you so much for
0: calling and giving us that update. And we want to You're continue welcome. to hear from you. I want you to call us at the beginning of the year and tell okay. us how Jackson's doing and we want to hear how he's doing with these next little goals over and we're gonna talk about those on the podcast over the next several weeks with those next little things that that should be coming on in. How's he doing with um asking questions, Bree? Is he asking you any questions? But like mm. what's
2: that and where'd it go and yeah, I, yeah. he, what's that? I don't know. I'm not sure he's ever going to ask me what's that. <laughs> it's like a question that will never come. Um, and even when I give him something novel and I'll say, oh, what's that? What's that? Ask Mommy, say, what's that? He'll just say, open, you know. Um, yeah. It's he not there yet. <laughs> I, promise I promise he will ask you that. I promise. He does ask where it went. And actually I went and picked him up at my parents the other day, and he looked at me and said, Daddy? Now he didn't yeah. say where is Daddy, but that's what he was asking and mm-hmm. that was the first time he's ever yeah. been like, Hey, where's that you know, where's Daddy? Yeah. Um he's really good guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's that guy? Um but he has started doing a little says, bit more. don't
1: make me don't make me hand you two objects. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs>
2: where is that man that saved me from you? Um, he has started one day I was changing his diaper at the preschool. And I was like, goodness, Tom, what did you have to eat today for lunch? And he said, pizza. I was like,
1: oh. Oh. And I went and looked,
2: and he actually had pizza. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and he started now, like, he watches something on television. He'll go try to tell Mm -hmm. his daddy, uh, you know, something that happened. Or last night I turned the TV off, and he ran in the kitchen and said, daddy, mama, TV off. You know, so, I mean, he's really. He's telling on you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's trying his best, too. So, I mean, I think he's starting to emerge a little bit with those related events.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are great examples, and that's coming. And that, that should be where your focus is going to be next, on that kind of thing, because you've done a good job building this vocabulary and working on the receptive stuff with the two-step commands. I want you to really focus on just making that fun and making that a play and not a separate activity. And I think that you'll you'll better results that way Um, and then the things that we talk about over the next few weeks with uh, understanding negation with understanding physical state words with these next this next little rung of goals it sounds like it's exactly where he is and it's just going to be perfect
2: for what you should work on you know
0: I will be listening in (laughs) okay good deal well thank you again for calling you were so sweet
1: you You were were great you were
2: Thanks. Great caller. And thank you and both. Feel free so to call much. back always, if you have anything else to share. I will. And I always say thank you to Laura, but Kate, thank you so much too, because there have been several things and we do. We say washi, washi, washi So you know,
1: <laughs> we um we pick
2: that, up
1: lots of things. Yeah, and you quote my big <laughs> quote ever, my only quote ever on the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. Well, and I love it because it makes perfect sense. He doesn't get it. That's why he exactly. doesn't get it. So I thought getting it, you know. Um but I thank you so much too because you have also, you know, being with Laura, I've learned a lot from your side
1: of it too and from your thoughts and well, I just, that's very oh, sweet about it. So say. much. Very sweet. That's and okay. I continue to, to learn care. from Laura every week. I always end a podcast with, "I'm going to try that. I'm going to use that." <laughs> it takes a long Aww. time.
2: It takes a lot to get these little ones talking, believe it or not. it, <laughs> it
1: takes, takes a lot sometimes.
2: It does. Yeah. Well, thank well, thank you so again, much. Brie. Keep up the great we love work. Love
1: to hear from you. Bye. All
2: right. Have a great day. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was
0: a great show. I'm glad that we got that update from her, and we got to hear how he's doing. And I love that we all when we get that feedback; it always makes me kind of want to tweak what we're going to do for the next few weeks. So, there you yeah. go. That was that was a great. Uh, I'm so glad we got to hear that update. That's that's awesome.
1: Sounds like you know you got to feel for her because she was so focused on getting them help and to have people telling her. And like I said to her, and honestly it's true, we do see these kinds of kids slip through the cracks. Mm -hmm, We did. Sometimes it's had she not been a speech therapist and a really hands-on great mommy, mm, I'm sure that Jackson, uh, you know, would look like a very different kid right now.
0: Exactly. And that was one of her questions to me is uh, that, when she emailed me last week to say, hey, I'm going to call the show again. And she just emailed me to give me an update. And she said, what do you think about these processing kids? I don't think this is I – don't, I don't know that Jackson really falls into this category because they say that they're completely normal up until school age and then they have trouble processing. And I said, Bree, mm-hmm. how many speech pathologists told you he's completely normal until you just kept on and kept on until – um, you came to see me, and we really teased out what was going on. That's the kind of kid. That's how these kids present, with right. there's just a little something going on that nobody knows what to call it. You know, so mm-hmm. no, in my mind, he still fits this, and that, you know, and again. Yeah,
1: and more often before. than not with those kids, it isn't one label. It isn't one. It's a little oh, bit wow. of just like he had sensory stuff, and he had receptive stuff, and he had right. a language stuff, and, you know, but nothing yeah. was too extreme at at right. eighteen months or two years old, but what looks pretty mild at two can look pretty significant at three or four, if it's not as bad.
0: Exactly, a and that Definitely, whole little yeah. bit of this, little bit of that, adds up to a whole lot of this, a whole lot of problems by the time mm-hmm. you're five and six and in school, and nobody has worked with you, or mm-hmm. even when you, you know, he, his mom was work, she was working herself silly,
2: mm-hmm. but not
0: quite knowing exactly what would fill in and make the difference for him. And so for him, when we started really focusing on receptive language and really focusing on play, everything else seems like it's falling into place. But I just love hearing those success stories and love hearing the follow up. And I love how she acknowledges it's a lot of hard work and it doesn't always come naturally and a lot of people need to hear that because it's it's true. It's it's true. Right. You gotta put the time in and just keep plugging away. Right. Yeah, well, well, sounds that like note, she I'm is. Gonna... She is. I was. I was glad to hear it. All right, we're playing our music out. That's it for today. Okay, thanks, Laura. Thanks. Bye. Bye.